0: All right, people, we're gonna try something a little different today. We are going to write an essay of no less than a thousand words describing to me who you think you are. This is a test. And when I say essay, I mean essay. I do not mean a single word repeated a thousand times. Is that clear, Mr. Bender? Crystal. Good. Maybe you'll learn a little something about yourself. Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week, we've got Saturday Detention with Principal Vernon in the iconic 80s classic The Breakfast Club. But before we get into The Breakfast Club, uh, let's get right into our podcast ritual. Uh, So Jeremy, um, actually, before I do that, uh, for anyone tuning in for the very first time, uh, this is where we... Uh, Both Jeremy and I share one movie or TV show that we want to share that we've watched within the last week. So,
1: Jeremy, uh, what is that one movie or TV show? All right. So, it's going to be on something on HBO Max. Not sponsored, by the way. (laughs) Still. Uh, It's actually going to be a documentary called Wall Street. Ooh. Okay. And it's not Wall Street that, like, you're thinking about. It's actually... (laughs) Michael Douglas? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not Michael Douglas, but actually Mark Wahlberg. Uh, so it's going to be WAHL Street, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's basically a documentary of Mark Wahlberg and all his businesses. He has like six businesses going or something like that in the show. Uh, you get to see him kind of juggle all the uh, all the, his businesses. Like he has a uh a gym he has a clothing line he has a film production uh even a car company or there's just a bunch of crazy uh entrepreneur stuff and on top of that obviously he's an actor right so he has to juggle all that stuff so it's a pretty interesting and almost kind of motivating uh type of documentary where you get to see him do this stuff but i thought what makes it even more interesting is to see how his businesses were affected uh, when COVID hit. Ooh, wow. Because you get to see um, the kind of business running as usual before. So it's like late 2019 Mm -hmm. uh, when the documentary starts. And obviously it ends um, close to like the the beginning of this year. So it's a fairly new documentary.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so... I'm actually thinking of a couple of ones uh and only because I actually had dinner uh with actually one of our cousins in Berlin game but I think he also I don't know if it's the right Wahlberg it might be his
1: brother but I know that they have Wahlburgers. Uh did was that mentioned in the documentary? Oh yeah, definitely Wahlburgers <laughs> is definitely in there. I think he's like a you know um co-founder co he's an investor for sure. Right. Um I think he's investor or also franchisee type guy too so he's doing on both ends of the business spectrum but uh yeah and it's not open yet right in Berlin
0: game. <laughs> yeah i feel like they've been uh having that oh coming soon for like two
1: years now it seems like at yeah. least yeah <laughs> covid definitely you get to see uh Burgers how it got affected when covid hit and obviously it being a food uh food service mm-hmm. got hit pretty hard Oh I bet. I that's
0: probably why they delayed the the launching of that Berlin game uh I guess location and it's still coming soon.
1: <laughs> coming soon. I was like when I, yeah, when I saw the when I was watching the documentary cuz it's only 6 episodes and about yeah. like 22 minutes each episode. So it's a mm-hmm. pretty quick watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like ooh. Is Wahlburgers open yet? (laughs) (laughs) I know, right. Well, there's actually
0: one other uh, question that I had for you regarding this documentary. Did they at all mention? Because like, it's actually one of my, I guess, favorite shows that I've watched and and rewatched so many times. um, Because he, it, like the show Entourage Mm -hmm. uh, on HBO was kind of based on him and his friends kind of growing up as you know, as he was getting popular. Um, did they mention the show Entourage at all in that documentary?
1: Yeah, they definitely allude to it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, obviously, with like his beginnings and all that stuff, uh, and what he's pretty much made of himself since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you can ex- probably expect those two, to little references.
0: Very nice. And You know what? I actually might check that out, especially in our off-season, because... Yeah, I mean, I, I've i always been a pretty big fan of Mark Wahlberg. I mean, dude, he's got those iconic uh, roles, especially in The Departed or even like movie, like crazy comedies like the other guys. Um so <laughs> I don't Ted. know, it's just a couple of my favorite <laughs> roles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So for for I guess my uh, podcast ritual, uh, it's going to, you know, I'm actually going to share a TV show. And I, I'm actually going to test your memory a little bit, Jeremy. Uh, you know, in season one, our season one guest, Jackie English, mentioned this show on the podcast last season. And actually, do you remember the show that she mentioned? Oh,
1: um, Lovecraft County. Crunch, country, country. Country. I,
0: I think <laughs> we, we butchered that on that episode. And that's actually the show that I finally kind of got back into. Uh, I watched maybe half of it. And I started it really late one night uh, last year. And I never got back into it. But watching the Loki season one finale, because, you know, it does star Jonathan Majors as Mm. He Who Remains. I was like oh, shoot. Well, Jackie was asking, I was like, hey, did did you ever watch Lovecraft Country? And I was like, oh, you know what? I completely forgot about that show. So uh, after she asked me in the, I guess at work, uh, if I had watched it, I was like, oh, shoot, I got to actually make time. So this past weekend, out of 10 episodes, I was able to watch five episodes of Lovecraft Country. Um, And uh, dude, it's pretty crazy because I feel like with each episode, even though there's an overall, you know, story arc for the season that i'm only halfway through, it feels like each episode has its own little genre. Um and so like i feel like one episode was more of like a treasure hunt. It kind of uh i guess reminded me of National Treasure or hmm. or um Indiana Jones, uh but some like a, like the episode that I kind of watched felt like an episode of like the Twilight Zone or, or or Black Mirror or something like that. It was it was pretty crazy how each episode's completely different
1: but it's still within the overall story arc. Yeah, I mean I remember seeing like some trailers. It definitely looks cr- crazy pretty mm-hmm. much. The concept looks crazy. Uh, man, I don't know if I want to check it out, but if if you finish the season and tell me like you should check it out. I'll probably check it out. Yeah, well, Jonathan Majors
0: is really good in this. He he actually uh, he and um what's her name uh Journey Smollett I think uh anyway they both carry the 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 cast and everything. They're both really good. Um, there's actually uh the main character. I forget the the actor's name. I probably should have wrote it down, but he plays um. Johnny Cochran in the O.J. Simpson uh, show, uh, The People versus O.J., he's in that um, show. And then Michael Kenneth Williams, who's uh, in The Wire, he's uh, in Boardwalk Empire. He's actually a really good actor. He's also in it, too. So it's got a really good cast. It's got really good writing. It's just crazy weird.
1: And I kind of dig it uh, just because Jonathan Majors is really good in it. Ooh, all right. Sounds good to me, man. Gotta check that out. HBO Ma- Wait a minute. Both of us watch stuff on HBO Max? <laughs> yeah. And you know Ken? what? We're still not sponsors. <laughs> yep, still not.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, before we talk about The Breakfast Club, let's do a little bit of episode cleanup, Jeremy. And so uh, last week we did talk about uh, the first Phase 4 theatrical release. Of uh, the MCU and Black Widow. And so we ran a poll this past Tuesday. uh, And so do you want to mention what the poll is and what the results were?
1: Yeah. So the poll was, what was your favorite Black Widow appearance in the MCU? So uh, the four choices we had out on our social medias were uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, Captain America Civil War, Captain America The Winter Soldier, and Black Widow. And uh we actually got some uh write-in votes as well uh which were Iron Man 2 and the Avengers. So some people actually voted for those two uh as well. But ultimately the the winner at 60% went to Captain America the Winter Soldier. And I would probably agree with them. Uh Natasha's probably best role in in that was probably the biggest she had in besides Black Widow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, cause uh, I mean I agree too. I think I mentioned it lat- in last week's episode. Uh, I just feel like we got to see a little bit more. Uh, we got to see her relationship with her and uh, Steve. You know, you got to see that uh, you know they they're, they care for each other. There was a genuine uh, like friendship there between the two of them, and you got to see a little bit of the banter, not just the the kick ass version of uh, of Black Widow. So you got to see more layers.
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely needed uh, someone not so on the straight and narrow like Captain America, Steve Rogers. So you get a Black Widow, the perfect foil, I think. Yeah,
0: and I love how she was trying to set him up on, on dates throughout the movie. It was pretty funny.
1: <laughs> Multitasking.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, again, I want to remind everyone uh, that if you want to vote in our uh, weekly real poll that we run every Tuesday, you can do so. We run these uh, polls on Instagram and Twitter. And so what is our uh, social media handle, sir? Yep, it's going to be at weekly real. Yes, and that's for both Twitter and Instagram. So this week, Jeremy and I will be stuck in detention on Saturday, March 24, 1984 at Shermer High School, Shermer, Illinois, 60062 in the 1985 classic. The Breakfast Club. And so, uh, you know, every, like every episode that we've had uh, this season, we want to issue our customary spoiler warning, even though it is a 36 year spoiler warning. And so, um, for those of you who do want to watch it with us, right now it is uh, available to rent on Amazon Prime Video, Apple, YouTube, Redbox, among others. So, definitely. Uh, if you search hard enough, you'll be able to find it and, uh, yeah, watch it, rewatch it and join in on the conversation. And so, uh, coming into this week, this was one of those movies that I enjoyed because it did come out in my childhood. Uh, but Jeremy still had not seen it, but as we were kind of, uh, planning, you know, what movies that we would actually talk about this season, The Breakfast Club was always one of those movies that Jeremy was like, dude, I really want to go see it. And you know what? Uh, I think it's now become reality. So, Jeremy, uh, you've now seen it for the first time. Uh, Did did you have any expectations or first impressions kind of going into watching The Breakfast Club?
1: Yeah. First thing I wanted to bring up, though... Uh, the first time I heard about The Breakfast Club was actually when I was in high school. I had I had not heard about the movie prior to that. I remember I was in study hall. I remember this pretty uh, vividly. I was, you know, we're just chilling in study hall, not really studying that much. <laughs> Obviously, in study <laughs> hall, we're just chilling. And uh, I remember a sophomore, like, we we're, were talking about movies and all that stuff. Like, what's your favorite movie or whatever? And then this girl was like... Uh, the Breakfast Club. I'm like, the Breakfast Club is that like they eat food and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so is it a food movie? Uh, no, it's like what you haven't seen the Breakfast Club. It's like a, it's an '80s movie. I'm like, I guess I'll check it out. And then <laughs> I guess, nope, I did not check it out until uh, for a while. <laughs> obviously now, uh, but it's now been a, almost a decade. <laughs> almost a decade, yeah, for sure. A little bit less because that that was like my junior year, oh Um, wow. So hopefully we're going into this now. I kind of wish I watched it in high school just to you know get that more relatability. But it does. I still got that feels of like uh, that high school angst Mm -hmm. pretty much, and Mm -hmm. like uh, watching it at my age now compared to if I were watching in high school. I think I I would appreciate it more now, just seeing like, uh oh, it's like oh man, adults suck pretty much. <laughs> it's like oh, uh, some perspectives that they were throwing out in the movies, like you become so jaded and all that stuff. Uh, and yeah, it's a it's a little bit true. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. know, I don't know. I totally understand. I mean, do
0: you think you're uh pr- um, do you think you're you know like the feelings of the movie would uh hit home a little bit more if you actually had watched that back in the mid 2010s when you were still in high school
1: you know um i probably wouldn't like the movie very much honestly Mm -hmm. uh because it just takes place in that one location it's not like super intense or anything because i remember i watched um ferris bueller's day off around Mm -hmm. that time too for the first time and I really liked that movie. I, I actually, that was my expectations going into this movie. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be like, you know, going all over the place, the partying, going around. Obviously, that movie was uh, nuts because he's skipping school and all that stuff. But I didn't expect for the whole movie to basically take place in the library or a small part of the school, pretty much. Right. I thought they were going to go out and do all the Ferris Bueller stuff. But I'm like, <laughs> And I started to quickly realize that, oh, man, we're really going to stay in here and dive into the characters. And I don't think I would have appreciated that back in high school.
0: That does make sense. I mean, you know, like as you get a little bit older, you know, you you know, you're a young adult now. You get to actually kind of see it from both sides because obviously we were once young, even me. Even though it's been a long time, I don't think I remember that whole thing, but it it's just you know you just gain more perspective
1: now- you know when you start to adult, is that right yeah, definitely, and you could kind of understand every every perspective that they're coming from, like there are moments even though I'm not old or well I'm not that old yet or anything. I don't consider either of us old really um Thank but there you. are I times where that. I'm like. <laughs> Wait, what?
0: I was like, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And just, I find myself like, ah, kids these days. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, but when I see the, the perspectives of the, the characters in this, I'm like, man, I, sometimes I I felt like that way. I felt like Brian, I felt like, like Andrew and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I felt, but you can see it with more mature eyes now, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, I wouldn't be surprised if I watched it again, like another 10 years uh, with a whole new lens, uh, I would probably find even more appreciation for this movie. Right. And so now that, uh, we've, uh, kind of talked
0: about like, kind of like your feelings kind of going into it. Like, what'd you think of the movie over, uh, overall?
1: I think obviously my expectations, I thought it was going to be like this crazy adventure and all that stuff, but it was more about like friendship, um, expectations about becoming a, an adult uh mm. what to really how you f- should uh, think about your own self identity i think is the main uh message of the movie is obviously in high school everyone's trying to find their identity and that's what these char- uh, these characters are all going through yeah and i love how some of them are uh are basically no BS and point out like, man, man, you're lying. You think about this, like you think you're all that, but you know, you're, you're nothing pretty much. You're just like the rest of us. Uh, And so I love how the movie though is all the characters are like so distinct and memorable Mm -hmm. because without that, if no, if one character was kind of just bland, uh, that last scene wouldn't hit as hard as it does.
0: Yeah, um, that uh, closing monologue. I mean, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but um, I just love how, you know, kind of going in, you have that expectation of, you know, like these stereotypes, especially, you know, with the traditional archetypes of, uh, you you know, basically the dynamic of high school. I feel like that really hasn't changed from you know, where you know, the setting is with the 80s versus now, I would imagine they're still going to be like the, you know, the smart person or uh, the, the prom queen or, you know, the athletes. There's still going to be those dynamics. And it, I don't think those will ever go away. And I think that you know, I think that's the struggle, just like you said, and what we've talked about in past high school movies that we've covered here in the weekly real podcast. Uh, when you're that age, you're just like struggling to find your own identity. Right. And so, um, I think this movie just hits home in terms of, Hey, you know, why do we need to be pigeonholed into, you know, how, like our, how we're perceived, uh, by like stereotypes, but, you know like there's so many different shared experiences everyone's kind of going through different things but a lot we're all going through very similar uh things you know we you know there're certain times where we deal with pressure but it's like different pressure but it's still pressure you know what i mean
1: because mm-hmm. cuz i'm going to mention again back in uh, my high school very small high school only like <laughs> 150 people even in that you got the stereotypes in there and uh, as a bit of an introverted kid, it's like, oh, man, do I want to step out and, and talk to this person? Because they're in a different, um, uh, you know, social, social group, group, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, this, there's there's so much pressure and all that stuff. I'm going to stay in my own little group and all that stuff. And But in reality, everyone's go, like, or you look at some other social groups, like, man, they got it all figured out, man. It's like, what? How come I can't figure it out? Uh, when in reality, man, no high schooler really knows what they're doing, and, and now and looking at this movie, I love how they basically take every person, yeah, or one person from each social group, and just mm. put them all together, and uh, somehow, or how would we we would like it for it to be in high school where they eventually have this mutual respect for each other. Yeah, there was there was this one
0: part in the movie when uh, I guess it was Claire and and Bender. They were having that back and forth and they were, you know, Claire was, you know, trying to, you know, throw some shit back at uh, at Bender because, man, he he, obviously he was kind of really going. He was really going at Claire uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the movie. And during that part where Claire was talking about how, oh, you know, because Bender was uh, talking down or talking shit about you know, people or students that uh want to um be a part of these social clubs and and join activities and everything, school activities. And she basically said, you know what? The reason why you don't like join these is be- the why you trash them is because you're scared or whatever. I'm like, oh mm. you know what that kind of hit home because I was like, just like you for me, I was an introvert as well. But you know, like one of the worst things you can kind of go through in high school is rejection and everything. And I don't know, I felt like that kind of hit. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably why I didn't really join too many activities is because, you know, I just felt that fear of rejection. You know, I don't know if you felt the same way.
1: Exactly. Because I think I mentioned on the Mean Girls episode that we did, uh, that I wanted to join like the drama club or something like that, or mm. pretty much do a little bit of theater, but none of my friends were in it. Mm-hmm. And so there was that that pressure. I was like, oh man, if I go in there, they're going to look, everyone else is going to look at me weird. So I ended up not doing it. So I was kind of like Claire in a way where it's I was just scared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: I think you mentioned that in Mean Girls and also High School Musical. Because oh, yeah. I think
1: you <laughs> we were talking about the
0: song, right? Yeah. Breaking. I forgot the name of the song already. I kind of blocked that from
1: my memory. Yeah. But... <laughs> you know I'll which re- song I'm talking about at the cafeteria. The yeah, and uh, <laughs> stick to this task. Well, there you go. There it is.
0: There you go. See? I I knew you'd remember. That's There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But uh was there any other um overall thoughts that you had on on I guess the general themes of, of the movie or anything like that?
1: there There were some things that I thought they were gonna go, uh some directions that they were gonna go in specifically with um with Vernon, but I'll actually mention it in our first topic,
0: okay, sounds good. Well, there was a couple of random thoughts that I had just on the movie just because uh, I think I mentioned to you this uh mentioned this to you offline. uh it had been many years since I've seen this movie I, I forgot a lot of it actually, and so it was kind of like almost watching it. For the first time for me uh but uh one of the just random things that are a couple of random things that just jumped out at me for me uh, it was uh dude the music was just totally mm. 80s <laughs>
1: it was i love pretty that crazy.
0: i know it brought back memories uh and even like the way they were kind of dancing and everything dude i forgot how <laughs> funny andrew like after you know he was like smoking weed and hot boxing it was so funny. Like the moves that he was doing, it was so intense the way he was dancing. I was like, Whoa.
1: Yeah. They were (laughs) their Their dancing was pretty intense. And, but just imagine them doing that and there's no music, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kind of imagining. I'm like, man, that'd be super cringe in real life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh no, for sure. That's high school. Yeah, but dude, I just like that version of Taibo that he was doing and the cartwheels. I was like, yeah. oh my goodness, this is so crazy. And obviously the dance number at the end when they were kind of doing the uh, choreographed dances with the boys and the girls and everything. I don't mm. know. It, yeah, it, he, was,
1: he was pulling uh, Footloose with Kevin Bacon and all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. I was like, oh
0: man. Not to get all like stereotypical or whatever. I was like, man, white people and they're dancing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's awesome, man.
0: I know. I love it. For I love it. 80s. <laughs> Especially in the 80s. Yeah. I was yeah. like, dang. Uh, but also one last thing. And I feel like one of the reasons why The Breakfast Club has kind of been near and dear to my heart is because of the theme song, uh, which is Simple Minds' Don't You Forget About Me. Mm. Um, I mean, you talked about your high school experience at is actually the theme song our that's actually our graduation song uh of after you know we you know flipped over the, the tassel and everything we graduated high school and that was actually uh the song that we ended our graduation ceremony.
1: Dang man that's awesome yeah man I wish mine was like that we all we got was uh <laughs> the Star Wars theme in <laughs> credits or uh rolling credits theme. Yeah and, and it was fitting too because
0: I mean if you just just sing along and every time i hear it it always brings me back to to high school graduation it's it's such a good song it's It's a happy song it's not a a, an emo song like uh what vitamin c in that uh, graduation song or or whatever i was like man some of these are really emo i don't know if i want that
1: yeah you want to end like you don't want everyone crying i guess there's crying regardless but I I would probably like that for the graduation high school song for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely always brings me back. It's always good times. Uh, But Jeremy, let's get right into our topics uh, for The Breakfast Club. And so the first topic, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, we had uh, the five high school students. And so of the five students, which detention reason surprised you the most? So, Jeremy, so we had uh, Claire, who uh, I guess we find out that she ditched class to go shopping. That's the reason why she was in uh, detention. Bender, he w- was caught pulling a false fire alarm, a false fire alarm, and uh, what was it with Brian. He accidentally had a flare gun, and we'll definitely get more into this a little bit later on, but he accidentally fired a flare gun in his locker because uh he was upset for receiving an F on his shop project. Uh Andrew was in Saturday detention because he taped Larry Lester's butt cheeks together. Man, that sounds brutal. And we find out that Allison had nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: uh out of those five, uh which surprised you the most? Uh for me, when I was watching it and my face just dropped when uh Brian said he had a gun in his locker. Yeah, I was you. like oh my goodness this got dark hella fast yeah. and I was like basically glued to my screen when he said that I was like holy crap because out of all the uh, kids in there pretty much he seems the most innocent the most like wide-eyed and good-natured mm-hmm. and just for him to say he had a gun in his locker and it's like oh shoot it was like what what were his uh, intentions to do with that and all that stuff and uh, obviously, it kind of alluded to, like, him possibly killing himself mm-hmm. uh, because of his uh, bad his, grades. His F, yeah. yeah well, no, it was F, just his one F, really. Yeah, yeah, his one F. And then he said he, just because of that one F, he can't get an A in the yeah. class, uh, no matter how hard he would try, pretty much, mm-hmm. for the rest of the, the semester. But, yeah, that one, that one definitely shook me the most and i was relieved to hear when he said like flare gun i'm like oh thank <laughs> goodness jesus like where did this kid did this innocent kid get this gun um so i, I was pretty relieved when he said flare gun and, yeah. and then my mind was racing i'm like how is this kid only in saturday detention and then yeah. it's like oh the flare gun like
0: blew up in his locker yeah blew up his locker (laughs) i guess that ruined his uh his horrible lamp i guess Mm -hmm. uh but ned i was i was like you um i will you know my real answer is also brian um in that just you know that whole thing when andrew especially was questioning i was like why do you why do you have a gun and then he was kind of like brushing it off and he asked you know he asked it multiple multiple times it was like hey why do you have why did you bring a gun and, uh, and the reasoning behind it. it, it just, like you said, got dark real quick, but in the interest of, you know, it, uh, providing different answers, uh, my answer to this is gotta be Allison, just because <laughs> I've completely forgot the reason why she was in detention. So it was like, I was watching it for the first time. I was
1: like, Oh yeah, she was just, you know, she just wanted to hang out <laughs> <laughs> That's- She had nothing better to do. I love, I love how they end that pretty much. It's like, I had nothing better to do. It's like, oh man. I know. What? And she
0: had that sheepish grin and, and everyone was just cracking up. And then she's all like, you guys are laughing at me. And <laughs> you, you could tell it was like awkward because they don't really know her and everything. And then, uh, and then when she started laughing at herself, then everyone just like literally cut loose because obviously they didn't want to hurt her feelings um, because she is the quote unquote basket case. Uh, uh, you know, just to quote the, uh, opening monologue and the closing monologue. But uh, I don't know. I just feel like Alison, what in a weird way was like the person that told it like it is, even mm-hmm. though she was the compulsive liar, it was just so <laughs> weird dynamic. And um, I just thought it was funny that they just, I guess revealed that. And obviously it was after both uh, Andrew and Brian's story, you know?
1: Yeah. Cause there's definitely that, that, that need of levity. Yeah. <laughs> After such a dark thing. I was like, and it, it fit in the character of yeah. Allison too. So I yeah. love that part also just to cut the, cut the cold, the cold tension. air a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, in I, I don't know, like I, I just love the writing that that whole section, the writing was just on point for the whole entire scene. And that scene actually took up a lot of the movie. I forgot how much it took up. Yeah. It's like the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Pretty much. exactly. So, uh, Jeremy, let's get right into our second topic. And so this one's a little fun, actually. I think it's been a while since we've done this. Um, And so topic two for this episode is, well, in your version of a remake of The Breakfast Club in 2021, which is when we're taping this, who would you cast as the brain? Which is Brian, an athlete who was Andrew, a basket case who is Allison
1: a princess, Claire, and a criminal, uh, Bender. All right. So I feel like if they were actually gonna make like a remake for the Breakfast Club, they would actually go with actors younger than the ones I'm gonna choose. It's oh, just because okay. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't young actors. Follow, Yeah, the, the super young actors. So I tried to go as young as I could, and I was like looking it up uh, how old the actors were during mm-hmm. the actual Breakfast Club. They were like. Um, uh, early to mid twenties, pretty much. Uh, so I tried to follow that, at least for the most part. Um, so I'm gonna start off with the athlete, uh, Andrew and Emil- Emilio Estevez wasn't like the biggest athlete or anything when when you actually saw him. So I'm gonna stay uh, in that same vein. I'm gonna go with Tom Holland.
0: <laughs> I almost I almost picked him. <laughs> I'm glad I changed that because I I, I I was thinking the same thing because you know he's a little shorter, but he really can. Uh, it seems like in high school, and it's, I was like, dang, Tom Holland's the easy, but I wanted to go different. But mm-hmm. dude, I that's I so like good,
1: Tom, Tom Holland, would, I could have picked him for the brain too, but I was like, athletes, you gotta be, um, you know, Andrew's the carrying a lot of that, uh, side of the story, yeah. Um, for the criminal, this is gonna be a uh, weird one. I'm actually gonna go Patrick Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would <laughs> so the thing is it's like he i think he would be the oldest out of the bunch just right. like um um uh, what is it judd nelson was yeah in the bender? group yeah yeah bender pretty much and um i feel like he has that that cockiness about him too i've seen him in other other movies and i feel like he would do it and he's a pretty tall dude is saying t- t- tallest out of the bunch Uh, So I would probably do that as well. Um, I
0: kind of went in that regard in terms of of that same rationale with someone a little bit older for Bender also. But go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah, because he has that mean spirit about I don't know if he's Mm. still like, I don't know if his acting chops are there yet. I'm not sure. He did pretty good in the last movie I saw him in. Uh, But for the basket case, that's going to be Allison. I'm actually picking uh, Joey King, who was in the movie. Well, you might remember from like, the Dark Knight Rises, but she was like a little girl back then. Uh, she was in the movie The Lie that I reviewed actually on my YouTube channel. I feel like she can play that crazy, kind of unhinged, but at the same time kind of funny character. Okay. Um, then for The Brain, that's going to be uh, Brian. And I'm going to go with uh, Dylan Minnette from, uh, what's that show called? Ten Reasons Why? I forgot. Oh no! Uh, oh my God! Let, you know cool what on. I'm talking about. We don't breathe. Thirteen reasons yet. why? Thirteen reasons why? <laughs> I don't know. Got Is that the right? number wrong. Yeah, thirteen reasons why. Yeah, thirteen reasons. Yeah. Um, I almost like like I feel like he has that look about him too, where he can pull off like kind of the brainy kid. And okay. him and Tom Holland about the same height. He's not gonna be like super small. Like, um, what's his name for the actor for Brian?
0: Oh shoot! shoot. Um, I have it. I here. think
1: he had—he has one of those uh, three names <laughs> type of actor names.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Anthony Michael Hall.
1: Anthony Michael Hall. There you go. Uh, and then for the princess Claire, I'm actually gonna go with uh, Sophie Turner. Ooh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. You gotta put a Game of Thrones in there somewhere. Yeah. There well, you go. she she's the queen of the north. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go. Oh man. So okay. Um okay so i'm actually i'll go in the same order that you did you did um the athlete first right Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna go with caleb mclaughlin Mm. he plays lucas in stranger things you know because i wanted to try to find like a diverse (laughs) cast as much as i could and, and and he is high school age a little bit older than that i think he's like 20 right now and so um, I feel like he can play a good um, like athlete, and I feel like he's got a lot of good charisma, too. And I feel like he can kind of play that same uh, Emilio Estevez role. Um, mm, that
1: is definitely a good one.
0: Actually, can you uh, team me up with the, like, the same order that you did? Sorry. Yeah, so it's
1: going to be um, the criminal
0: next. Okay, so with Bender, the criminal, uh, again... Stranger Things alum. This is my okay. last one. Uh, it's, I'm not, I promise I'm not trying to do the whole
1: cast. <laughs> David Harbour. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Or uh, uh, Astin, Astin, uh, Sean Aston. Uh, <laughs> Sean Aston <laughs> <laughs> <Captain. laughs> Oh, shoot. Well, um, I'm actually going to pull uh season three alum, Daiquiri Montgomery. He plays mm. uh Billy. And he played like a real jerk, and he was yeah. a little bit older. And so uh, I feel like he'd be a perfect bender um, for the same reasons why you picked your uh, criminal.
1: Dude, I love that casting just because uh, in the Power Rangers reboot that he was the star of, they basically did for the first 30 to 45 minutes of that was basically the Breakfast Club. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And he was the Red Ranger. But so he would technically be more. Uh, level headed, but anyway, I like that casting,
0: yeah. Well, for me, that was actually the last one, that was the hardest one. Bender was the, the hardest one for me to find, so I'm actually pretty proud of that one when uh, when I finally thought of him. Uh, who was the third one? Sorry,
1: uh, that's gonna be the basket case.
0: So, basket case with Allison. I think we mentioned her like prior in a different, uh, an earlier episode. I'm going with Anya Taylor Joy from the Queen's Gambit. I feel like she can kind of switch up her, uh, her persona a little bit where she can kind of play that kind of aloof kind of just wild card uh same thing like with uh Ali sheedy mm. um who was next on the list so it's here? gonna be the brain next the brain you're gonna love this one jack dylan Gray, uh grazer from it and shazam that kind of nerdy mm. kid
1: yeah that's a good one yeah Dude, i was proud of that
0: one too <laughs> <laughs> And then the last one, uh, Claire. I mean, I initially thought of Tom Holland as, uh, as Andrew again. And so got to go with Zendaya for Claire. Mm. So um, that's my five. Uh, and obviously, everyone knows Zendaya. And so actually, I actually have a bonus one for you. And I didn't
1: ask you, who would you cast as Principal, uh, Principal Vernon? Ooh, dude, Off that's the top a good of your one. Head. Off the top of my head, uh, Frank Grillo. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a good one. Oh, my goodness. Just because he's so intense.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know what? I went the intense route, too, especially after watching Whiplash. J.K. Simmons, bro.
1: Ooh, damn. I was almost gonna say uh, Woody Harrelson.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be an interesting casting. Yeah, oh my that would be
1: cr- that would be weird. But yeah, Frank Grillo. Just but I like yours too, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> freaking intense, dude.
0: I know, especially it it, it helped uh, me think of J.K. Simmons because uh, obviously uh, Emilio Estevez's character is uh, Andrew, and obviously we got a lot of Andrew and J.K. Simmons who going back and forth uh, from Damn. a few weeks ago. Yeah too intense so good but uh jeremy we're at that part of the uh, episode where we want to involve the audience because this is why we do the podcast is for you guys and so um this week's audience question is i mean we're talking about the breakfast club in the 80s which decade had the most iconic high school movies and so if you were to pick a decade which would you pick or is there a little uh, bit of a bias
1: yeah, I'm going to say a little bit of a bias. I'm going to go with the 90s. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I love the 80s music, though, but I feel like um, the 90s high school movies when it hit its peak, and then after that, they just have to parody parody mm-hmm. them. So yeah. after that, obviously, you got like the uh, the early 2000s parodies of all the 90s movies. Like Mean uh, Girls. I would go in, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But I would go with 90s for me. Yeah,
0: I mean, because, I mean, there's, what, Clueless? What are mm-hmm. some of the movies that came out in uh, the, like, um in the decade? Like, She's All That. She's All
1: That, yeah. Yeah, uh, those are some of the ones that pop out to me. I can kind of remember off the top of my head, but it's kind of hard. I don't, yeah, I didn't, obviously, I was not in high school at the time. <laughs> I was yeah, you were born. just
0: the kid, just the kid. Uh, For me, I'm going biased. I'm going to go with uh, the 80s, even though I wasn't in high school in the 80s, uh, just because you get, you know, classics like The Breakfast Club. You have 16 Candles. You have Ferris uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You have those classics uh, there as well. And so uh, if you want to chime in on this uh, topic, this question, which decade had the most iconic high school movies, definitely Get back to us on Twitter and Instagram. You could DM us. Uh, you can send us a tweet. Uh, but also, um, I mean, you could also email us. But before we get to the email, because I'm kind of curious to know if you actually learned it this week, uh, what are our Twitter
1: and Instagram handles? So it's going to be twrpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. And <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> right? That's uh, the initials. That is
0: our initials, but it's, uh, oh, man, you're going to get a bounce back. I don't think that's taken. <laughs> uh, but uh, our email is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com.
1: Uh, what, what, and just to remind everyone, what what are our Twitter and Instagram handles? It's going to be at weeklyreal on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yes. And so, again, definitely follow us on all of our social medias.
0: Uh, for the latest news on uh, everything the Weekly Reel podcast has to offer. And so, Jeremy, let's take a quick break. Welcome back from the break. And so, Jeremy, let's get right into the Weekly Reel awards for this week uh, for The Breakfast Club. And so it's been a while since we've had this, just because I feel like we've been talking a lot about, uh, we've been uh, just talking about
1: new movies. A lot of them ha- actually have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, all these like new movies, we always do like a bunch of topics and all that stuff, and we haven't been able to do a classic movie, like, right? A classic movie in a while since like Dirty Harry. Maybe Dirty Harry. Yeah. And so I definitely want to dust
0: off these two awards, and this is actually a. A You could pick either or. And so the first award that we want to give out is either the Marissa Tomei slash Aunt May Award for What Has Aged Well or the Happy Hogan Mullet Memorial Award for What Has Not Aged Well. And so uh, which award are you giving out and who is the winner?
1: Ooh, I'm going to say... I'm going to go for What Has Not Aged Well. So the Happy Hogan Mullet Memorial Award... I would probably have to say what caught me off a little bit was when Bender was under um, Claire's table, man. Yeah. And showed that one shot of basically Claire's crotch. And I was like, was that necessary? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was super close up. And I just felt like I did feel a little bit like icky just at the thought of it. Uh, Yeah. And the fact that he actually went in there.
0: I I, I forgot
1: about that part. I was like, whoa. That's, Yeah. After that, I don't think Claire should have done anything to that guy, honestly.
0: That's, yeah, that's literally yeah. sexual molestation and harassment and everything. And
1: yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah, like she had no idea that was coming. She was actually trying to help him. Yeah. And then he does that to her. I, that's. Uh. <laughs> That was very
0: cringe. Uh, I forgot about that part, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, okay, I guess uh, that's not going to make the remake. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. I ho- I certainly hope not. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know what?
0: My winner for the uh, – actually, I'm giving out the Happy Hogan Mullet Memorial Award is just Bender in general. Uh, mm. In addition to that, I mean, just a lot of the stuff he would say – um especially with Claire he literally was sexually harassing her for the majority of the movie <laughs> if not the whole movie it was pretty bad some of the stuff that he said yeah. and again you mentioned the the stunt that he pulled while he was underneath the desk but even just um like the little things quote unquote were still big things in the general theme especially in 2021 you're talking about all the bullying he did I mean, there's so many anti-bullying campaigns now just because it was so prevalent, you know, kind of growing up in high school and even elementary school, like bullying is just going to be a part of society. But, you know, like just us now shedding a light in general about, you know, stopping the bullying really no one should be bullying anyone and everyone should be able to respect one another, but it sadly it doesn't, uh, it's still going to be there no matter what.
1: Especially um, he also, the first, uh, like first hour of the movie. I hated him so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I did too. Um, I mean, he was even ripping books apart. I mean, just little things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's basically one minor step away from burning books. And then, Dude, to top it all off, I mean, just that first shot of the his locker. Obviously, it was his locker with the, uh, I guess, homophobic uh, derogatory term. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't repeat that here. Uh, but if you watch the beginning of the movie and in the middle when they get to his locker, you'll know what I mean. And also, he even threatens Andrew with a knife.
1: And he actually was threatening to stab him after he was getting his ass kicked yeah see that stuff like that it's like oh it's going a little bit too far right now with the yeah. showing the whole bully side a little bit yeah yeah
0: it it was uh pretty bad um in that regard and so uh let's actually take this and let's just uh <laughs> let's get back to the lighter side of the yeah. breakfast club because <laughs> it kind of took a, a little bit of a turn uh let's give out our next award which is the i am groot award for favorite character and so jeremy who is your winner
1: for me i'm gonna pick allison I love characters that pretty much do all this comedic stuff on the periphery yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's that's the funniest like uh, stuff to me where they're just on the, like the outside and they're doing like their own thing just like in that one scene when uh, Bender pulls out the knife and he stabs it into the chair <laughs> and then she just slowly comes into frame <laughs> <laughs> and then pull, takes it for herself I was like I love that type of stuff where it's like just doesn't say anything. Just, like, these quick, uh basically, just moments of her doing some random stuff yeah. were hilarious to me. I wonder if that was improv, actually. And because it, like, the
0: way it was framed was kind of weird because he, she literally just sneaks into the corner. It wasn't even, like, in the middle of the frame and off to the side. It was literally the right bottom corner. And yeah. she just, like, literally just pops in, quickly removes the knife, and it just leaves the frame it was so funny
1: yeah that's i like small stuff like that throughout the movie i think made uh allison my favorite character
0: yeah plus her sandwich was (laughs) weird and delicious all at the same time
1: (laughs) yeah very rivaling um elf buddy and the elf in his weird uh concoctions type stuff
0: food Yeah. yeah exactly well for me um i have to pick uh brian just because i just relate with him i guess So much, you know. I think, kind of growing up in an Asian household, I don't know about you. There was a lot of pressure to do really well in school, and Mm. so I really felt bad for him. Um, You know, he was so dorky and so innocent and everything. I I related a lot to his character, especially in you know when I was in high school. I was a little bit more dorky uh, than I am now. Well, I'm still kind of dorky, but I mean, we're still. (laughs) But uh, you know, at least it doesn't matter as much when you're an adult, you know, because when you're dorky, you're smart and everything. And I don't know, hopefully everything falls into place anyway. But um, I don't know. It's just a a likability that he had. Um, And I don't know. I I really did feel bad for him because he, you know, he did get a lot of pressure from, from his parents and everything. And I don't know, it it just hit, it hit a little too close to home at times. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I definitely found him the most relatable I didn't want to choose him as my favorite character my favorite character just because yeah, it does hit a little <laughs> too close to the Asianness inside. <laughs> yeah, for where sure. Where it's like oh, when he says, Ah, oh, I got a B or I got an F and then if I it's no matter how hard I try, I can only get a B. Like that's the highest grade I can get. I'm like, I feel you, man. I feel you <laughs> so yeah. much right there. Oh. So much pressure.
0: So much pressure. Anyway, Jeremy, let's get right into our next award, which is the Why Is Gamora Award for Favorite Quote. Uh, Well, this was a dialogue-driven movie, and so I feel like there was a lot of choices. Uh, Did you have a winner?
1: Like, I love the exchange. I'm probably not going to do the whole exchange, but I love the exchange between uh, Brian and Bender. And uh, Brian's basically like, did you know without trigonometry there would be no engineering? Yeah because obviously they were going competing between the, like their two clubs or uh, social activities pretty much, and Bender's like without lamps there'd be no light. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's because obviously Bender's actually good at the workshop class and all that yeah. stuff compared to trigonometry or anything like that. Uh, so I found that funny, just that exchanges like that throughout the movie, and the writing was really good.
0: Yeah, well Bender kind of forgets a little bit of a, a source of light called the sun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah oh man i i digress but my winner is actually a really short one i don't know if you remember but you know they were actually just uh i guess looking through each other's like personal belongings and Mm. everything and and it's that uh i guess that dialogue scene with andrew and brian and so andrew's looking at uh and he discovers that brian has a fake id (laughs) and he's asking hey what do you need a fake id for (laughs) And Brian, as a matter of fact, it's so, like, eager. It's like, so I can vote. <laughs> duh. <laughs> he,
1: he didn't have the duh, but I was like, so I yeah. can vote.
0: <laughs> Such a dork.
1: Yeah, I was like, really? What the heck?
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny just because, like, it was a horrible fake ID that made him be 68.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, well, he's already on his way to be a politician. <laughs> That's all <laughs> yeah. I'll say. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. I did have a a couple of honorable mentions. Actually, before I give my honorable mentions, did you actually have uh, maybe one or two that you wanted to share? No, go ahead. All right. Well, the other one that I thought made me crack up, actually, was an interaction between Vernon and Bender. Um, mm. I feel like we haven't mentioned Vernon yet.
1: Oh, Uh, shoot, that's why I forgot. Jeez, I hella forgot about the thing I was supposed to mention with Vernon a while ago.
0: Actually, do you want to do that now since we're, you know, on the topic of Vernon, even though it
1: might not be quote related? Yeah, I was going to say, I thought Vernon uh, was going to be Bender's dad. (laughs) Like, literally, like when they were doing, like when they were arguing with each other and we didn't know how Bender got there yet and all that stuff. Yeah um bender was doing the mimicking his dad and all that stuff uh with the whole finger pointing and everything exactly like how uh vernon does it i was like dude they're gonna reveal that that's his dad that's why he's there every saturday that's why he's gonna be there every saturday after that for the next eight weeks and then i was wrong
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. well i mean i don't think they really had twists like that for like a movie like this i think that's just how things were back in the 80s well for for one of these genre movies uh but man it felt like he was like a like a unlikable father figure because man i felt like they were about to throw down a couple times
1: yeah man that that's i was gonna say like um frank Grillo, imagine that in the remake this buff (laughs) (laughs) buff teacher pretty much about the fight bender (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh man that'd be that'd be interesting to watch but uh kind of going back to the wise Gomorrah award my uh, two honorable mentions one's real quick uh with Vernon, as we mentioned them remember when he's talking about uh bender and he's like what if your home what if your family wait no what if your dope was on fire <laughs> and then bender obviously they all just came back from you know a field trip to his locker to get his weed he goes impossible sir it's in Johnson's underwear. Dude, I was cracking up because it was actually in, in Bender's underwear. I know. I didn't know what was going to happen
1: there. And then he just didn't believe him.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Verdon probably thinks that Bender is just lying about everything. He thinks he's the compulsive liar when it was really Allison.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, just the, on the other uh, other side of the spectrum, just with, a, I guess, a meaningful quote, I got to say, you know, the closing monologue. I mean, it... Almost mirrors the opening monologue, you know, with the setup and you know, obviously, the reading from the essay that Brian had wrote on behalf of all five of the uh, all five of the students. But I love the difference uh, between um, the two monologues. It ends. You see us as you want to see us, and he's talking about Vernon, uh, Principal Vernon, and so he continues in the s- simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each of us is a brain. And then they, you know, Andrew's like saying, and an athlete, Allison's saying, and a basket case. Claire goes a princess and Bender, and a criminal. And it basically shows us that we're not pigeonholed into one thing. We're Mm -hmm. all these things. You know, we all go through all these things and we might have like a lot of different kind of pressures. But I don't know. I just love the poignancy. I don't even know if that's a word, but the <laughs> but the point you'd see of this final quote to end the movie. It was pretty good.
1: Yeah, that was definitely a good one. Perfect way to end the movie, especially with just a, a freeze frame. Very 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was.
0: <laughs> All right, Jeremy, let's get into our uh, next award, which is the Avengers Assemble Award for Favorite Scene. I feel like there's a lot to pick from. So Jeremy, who is your winner? or which scene is your winner? I should say.
1: I'm gonna go with when they got all all of them got high, man. Just that I was like, that's so 80s, man. They're all dancing, all f- like uh, freaking Andrews flipping around. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is what this is what I was expecting <laughs> in a, in an 80s movie. It um I just remember we uh like when they're playing the Breakfast Club for Fathom events or anything like that. When you see the whole like uh the Shots of their like shoes all dancing and moving and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the three guys on the table doing their little dance that's what you see though in the promo. It's all fun and games, but the movies is <laughs> freaking freaking deep. Yeah, it is. Uh, I
0: love, it. yeah, dude, that was so funny. I, I mentioned it earlier. I loved the Tybo punches
1: that uh, <laughs> Andrew was doing. His, I was like, man, Billy Blanks would be happy. And it was kind of random though when he um, he breaks the glass and running into the that one room.
0: Oh yeah, he he actually like yells and then the 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 glass. On the door. It was, was so bit, good. That was a bit much, but very eighties. Yeah, very good, I know exactly. It was so enjoyable. It's definitely one of the uh, rewatchable, most rewatchable um, scenes actually in the Breakfast Club. I'm actually gonna go again in the other complete opposite direction. I mean, we mentioned Andrew. I feel like his monologue when he talks about um why he you know was put in Saturday detention just took this movie uh, just to another mm. level in terms of like meaning cuz i feel like starting with his monologue it just basically got really deep you know with you know like all the um like the thoughts the different experiences but kind of the sh- sh- same shared experiences um i mean he touches like crazy topics like obviously you know the bullying aspect of w- why he did it you know his motivations just to make his old man happy um dude i just loved his acting when he just got really deep and he was you know obviously he was very thoughtful i feel like this got him the notoriety for future roles where it's like dang he could play like you know a serious character in addition to you know playing a high school student that can kind of act up and just, you know, act like a kid and everything. But, um, I don't know. I just felt like it was very thoughtful. He was even thinking about what it would be like to be Larry Lester, uh, Larry Lester's, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, dad, like how he's thinking about it from his perspective, the dad's perspective, and even just Larry Lester's perspective, Mm -hmm. like he, He even thought about, well, how do you even apologize for something like
1: that? I was like, dude, that's deep, you know? Like, you can't. That monologue, man. That was so good. And definitely uh, a huge highlight of the movie was that whole uh, scene when they're all confessing to each other, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, But... Andrew's definitely stood out for me, too. And yeah. when when that was going on and, you know, tears were, like, kind of swelling in his eyes, you're, like, you can see how much he's hurting. And so, man, you... During that uh, that story, pretty much, I'm like, oh man, here are we gonna start the waterworks now, oh, man? I and it's almost the end of the movie. Come on, like, I know um, they even got they even got the pads going on, so you get you drive the home, yeah, the the
0: the feeling a little bit home. Because I mean, you're also you know the camera's panning around to like different angles of Andrew, but it's also panning around to the four other students, and you could see that each one of them are relating to his story, but obviously in different ways because Mm -hmm. they have parents that are like that or very similar. But yeah, it's pretty crazy, right?
1: Yeah, because obviously they're either the bully or have been bullied in some way, Mm -hmm. everyone in the whole group. Uh, And so for, for Andrew to touch on being the bully and how he felt to be on that side... But at the same time, almost being bullied basically by his father at the same time to be pressured into trying to gain his approval for to do something like that. It's like, ooh, Uh, even Bender was like speechless, pretty much. Yeah,
0: because, I mean, Bender obviously has a kind of a jerk of a father, too. And obviously that's where he gets it from. Um and so uh de- definitely I I love that I mean since you mentioned it I love that quote it's like hey you and y- your dad and my dad need to have a beer or something like that. I forgot what the exact quote was is basically yeah. uh you know it was like a bonding experience something that uh that they both can relate to with their horrible fathers Yeah such a good scene Oh my god but well, anyway let's get into our favorite absolute favorite section of uh, each of one of our episodes, um, this is actually where we have bragging rights. And so uh, we're at the point in our episode where we're talking about guessing the Rotten Tomatoes score. And so currently our score with two movies left this week and next week is 14 to 12. So I guess the best that I can do is a tie because Jeremy's up by two. And so, Jeremy, since uh, I guess you know, you're know you watching it for the first time, did you want to give uh, your... Your guess
1: for The Breakfast Club. All right. I'm going to guess 88%. Ooh, you went on the higher end. Okay. I was a little
0: pessimistic. Mm. Um, I'm going with 78%. Okay. All right. Uh, I bet you it's going to be 83%. (laughs) That would be messed up. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Well, that would uh, clinch like a, a complete win for you. So not the end of the world for you. But very anti-anticlimactic uh, for uh, this, and so the Breakfast Club, nineteen eighty-five, with a tomato meter, and still the champion. <laughs> oh man, we got Jeremy at eighty-nine percent for the tomato meter.
1: Oh dang! All right, and, you know what? I thought it was—I thought it was going to go into the nineties, uh-huh. but I was like, okay, Ron tomato's is going to put it lower. <laughs> so I'm surprised you actually went that low. Yeah. For 78, dang, 89 though. What's the audience yeah. score? Um, it
0: was 92, and that's with 250k uh, ratings with the audience score. Well, the tomato meter had 65, so 89 and 92. So, hey, all hail the champion, a hey, two time <laughs> champion now. There we go. Hey, and so actually, I thought it would be fitting that I revealed to Jeremy in front of the whole audience that. Finally, I got around to ordering the belt. So it is, I I guess, uh, I don't know if it's on the way yet, but it's being built. We have a customized championship belt that we
1: will reveal on our social medias. And where is our social medias again? It's going to be at Weekly Reel. I actually got that one right compared to the email because we're not <laughs> posting it on our email. But yeah, go on our, our Instagram and stuff. So there will be pictures and everything.
0: Yeah, well, we might even do a video, but we'll we'll definitely figure that out. But yeah, we ordered our customized Weekly Reel podcast belt. And I'm so excited because, I mean, even though I lost again for the second straight (laughs) season. It's a close one, though. Yeah, it's closer. I'm I'm getting closer. But you know what? It's fitting that, um, I mean, even though I took my sweet time to order the belt it should be where it is right now and in, in, in all hail to the the champ the champ is here uh since we did talk about john cena a couple weeks ago in <laughs> f9
1: and uh yeah i mean two-time champ how does it feel i don't know man i don't feel like the apex predator probably because it's um what's uh cheetah what's what's the actor's name again uh cheetah. it's uh shoot <laughs> uh, kristen, kristen, kristen wig kristen wig there you go the apex predator
0: yeah, and we're not I mean, talking good, about man.
1: Randy Orton. Randy, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm glad to. Be, I would, I really thought I was gonna blow this uh, season up, <laughs> especially. But I love having a, a close game rather than like a blowout. I love that. And I think also us not having any guests this season to beat us. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think uh, kept me on a roll at least for the most part compared right. to. Last, last season we were, uh, we lost like almost every time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, next, next season, we're hoping to have more
0: guests. I mean, if, even if we had one guest, that would be more guests than we had, uh, for season two, but, uh, you know what, uh, I can't wait to get that belt presented to you because you are the champ and, uh, you know what, it's just motivation for me to take that champ for the, uh, that championship belt for the first time in season three, but we'll definitely see that. Next year, probably. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe we're gonna have to do this whole like weekly real awards uh, or guest around Tomatoes score uh, promo. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You start pointing at the like the WrestleMania <laughs> uh, board and all that stuff, and we don't say anything. Yeah. Then it slowly fades to black. It's like, oh man, that's the end of the end of the show, I guess
0: yeah we're gonna be nose to nose and we'll be like yeah, yeah. just looking all intense and you got the belt over your shoulder and everything and i'm gonna be pointed at the belt and yeah. to the russell mania sign <laughs> oh
1: shoot that's oh, that's
0: shoot. too accurate man i know exactly but you know what? we still actually have an episode to finish and let's give out our final uh award of uh the breakfast club episode and it's the i love you 3000 award where we rate the Breakfast Club from 1, to
1: 3,000. So what would you rate it? Uh, I'm going to give it a 2,600, man. That's going to be like 86%-ish, somewhere around there. I think, uh, I like I said earlier, if I watched it in high school, I think it would have been lower. Uh, I don't think I would have appreciated it as much. But now being a little bit older, thinking about uh, already gone through high school and uh, reflected on all that type of stuff, uh, I think I have a little bit more appreciation for it now yeah no uh, it this is uh this is a classic it's a classic and it sounds about right for me
0: obviously it's it was one of my favorite movies I'm giving it uh an unusually high uh rating i mean it is one of that I'm actually sharing with jeremy mm-hmm. I'm giving it a twenty seven hundred something even ninety percent uh twenty seven hundred out of three thousand and so before we call it
1: an episode you want a preview next week yep in makoto shinkai's follow-up to your name a boy meets a girl who can seemingly control the weather and their lives will never be the same so it's going to be weathering with you back in theaters at least where we are right now we're going to go watch it in theaters so uh all masked up and all safe all that stuff with our hand sanitizers Uh, But we're going to, Ken's going to see it for the first time. I've seen it before. I actually saw it in theaters before, uh, last year, before COVID struck. So, Ken, hopefully you have a good time watching uh, Weathering with you. And uh, you enjoyed your name before, so I'm hoping you enjoy this one, too. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it just because of how much I enjoyed your name.
0: Uh, It was a pleasant breath of fresh air. It was nice. uh, And, uh, you know, it was completely different than what I'm accustomed to in terms of watching, Um, you know, anime. It's very uh, I'm very noobish in that regard. And uh, I I guess the only thing that I'm not really upset about, it's more of a nitpick. Like the showing that we're going to be watching will be dubbed versus subbed and i prefer sub but uh you know what it's a small price to pay just so we can get the theater experience i'm really excited to watch it and um just to also remind everyone next week will be episode 40 which is a pretty cool milestone and it also happens to be our season two finale
1: yep season two finale for and we're ending ending it with weathering with you um I don't know. I guess I, I wanted to kind of reveal it here too because we've mentioned it. I think back in the first episode of this season, they were saying, "Oh, Zack Snyder, we're going to be talking about like another DC property," and obviously we're, we kind of cut it out. It was going to be Batman Forever, <laughs> but oh, who knows? That's right. Yeah, Batman Forever might show up next season. Who knows if it if the stars align for next season? Yeah. Well, you
0: could blame Fathom Events for that, and just the fact that uh, we. I don't know. I I've been wanting to watch it, especially ever since uh, I ended up finally watching Your Name. And when we saw that it was playing in conjunction or right around our season two finale uh, schedule, we're like, "Oh man, okay, we gotta, we kind of got to pivot, pivot." Yeah. <laughs> exactly, dude.
1: <laughs> we're like, "Oh, we gotta see it now, especially it's in theaters." In theaters, exactly.
0: And anytime we could watch a movie in theaters and. Uh, masked up just like you said and safe especially with that delta variant going on uh not to be confused by the loki variant uh we (laughs) we definitely will take that opportunity uh to watch it especially if it is a big event like the season two finale and so uh jeremy for this upcoming week do you have anything to plug
1: uh yeah if you want to follow me on twitter or instagram uh you can follow me at jp underscore flicks
0: Yes, and for me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well, at FreeKenA. I'm hoping to see if I can work on some future projects, hopefully in the next week. Uh, Hopefully, if if that comes into fruition, I'll mention that on our finale uh, next week, but I don't want to promise anything. I don't want to jinx it. But uh, before we close this episode out, were there any final thoughts on The Breakfast Club?
1: I mean, this movie, I've been trying to watch it forever. And it still wasn't on any of the streaming services, so I just freaking rented it on YouTube. Uh, but I'm really glad I watched it. Not what I expected. I thought it was going to be this whole adventure thing like uh, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Ferris Bueller, yeah. But I was pleasantly surprised that I was a little bit more grounded, uh, a little bit more character-driven. Uh, and I think it might be, a, I don't know, favorite between the two, Maybe.
0: Well, maybe, maybe we'll find out in a couple of weeks. Uh, a little bit of a teaser for later on this season. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I'm just really glad that you did enjoy it, um, especially since obviously this movie was created over a decade before you were born yeah <laughs> man that makes me feel old uh but um yeah that's really the important thing uh, obviously you know we're both expanding our horizons constantly during this podcast because we're watching a lot of new content um so i'm definitely pumped that you actually did like and it. hopefully it'll be available on netflix that way you can kind of rewatch it um maybe you'll pick up on newer things and kind of not cringe as much with uh bender as much but anyway uh before we call this episode we definitely want to thank you all for checking us out I, I know that uh whenever you you guys listen to the podcast i mean you're actually you know taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to me and jeremy talk about movies and because uh, it's something that we do love and so again thank you all for uh supporting us we'll see you next time on the real